Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and joining me in the studio are two important guests. We're going to be talking about strokes, uh, Stroke Awareness Month in the month of May, and your health. Uh, Dr. Nabil Chohan is uh, a fellow of vascular neurology at the University of Utah. Dr. Chohan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure, and I know this has been an important week. He's been presenting some of his research findings. We're going to share some of that here because it does relate to stroke treatment. Also joining us in studios, Laura Western. She's the executive director with the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association. So that's a double title. American yes, it Heart. is. It sure is. So let's talk about the differentiation because American Heart Association slash American Stroke Association, why have both of those titles, Laura? Well, because it's very important that we pay attention to both our heart and our brain from a health perspective. And I want to say just even over the last decade, we've started to pay more attention to our vascular system and how it's not just the muscles of the heart and the arterial arterial sclerosis. Uh, can I, how do I pronounce that, by the way, Dr. Atherosclerosis. Thank you. I'll let you do that. <laughs> but that we need to think about the, the freeway system in our entire body and, and maintain its health. So let's talk, Dr. Chohan, about strokes. What is, when we say stroke awareness, what is a stroke? What is happening in our body? So stroke is basically due to lack of blood flow to the brain, which is the most common cause, you get damage to the brain. So it's basically what we call a brain attack. It's like a heart attack, kind of like the same thing. Right. Um, the most, like I said, the most common cause for stroke is lack of blood flow. But in some cases, about 13% of cases, you have hemorrhage into the brain, meaning bleeding into the brain. That can also lead to strokes. All of it seems, uh, you know, when you start hearing about that, a brain mm -hmm. attack or hemorrhage in the brain, all of it sounds uh, not only threatening, uh, scary, but it also sounds irreversible. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because healing is an option. Treatment is an option as well. But what do we know about the things we do every day, Laura, that can help lower our risk of having those challenges with the vascular system with our brain? I think as an organization, one of the things that we're trying to do is get people to really focus on their health. And when you think about that, there are really, we have a program called Life Simple 7, which is really about prevention. We want to focus on people's ideal health. Don't smoke. Eat healthy. Go out and walk. Um, maintain your body weight. Maintain your cholesterol, your blood pressure, and and the sugars that you have in your system are all critical elements that really overall are affecting our health on a daily basis. 
it feels like to me that we're learning even more about the role of sugars in our diets, right? And the role that um, obesity plays in putting ourselves at higher risk for vascular problems. And you're seeing, since we're having that, that rise we've had over the last 10 mm-hmm. years, has that put more pressure on you as those those of you who are studying vascular health? So, uh, you know, there are modifiable risk factors and non-modifiable risk factors for stroke. Okay. And the modifiable risk factors are high blood pressure, diabetes, smoking, alcohol, uh, obesity, all of the things that we can actually work on to try to reduce. Uh, I think last month we did the stroke walk mm-hmm. that was also in downtown just kind of walking around with people trying to educate. Yeah, that was about, in downtown, the City yeah. Creek area, yeah. yes, it which was. is great. That, so, and, and so just the simple idea of becoming a little bit more active has a larger impact on our overall health? Yes. So with research, they showed that, you know, for men, it has to be at least 30 to 45 minutes of high-intensity exercise. And for women, women 30 minutes of high-intensity exercise at least four days in a week. Do we know why it needs to be high-intensity? And I think it's really important for us, by the Mm -hmm. way, to have this discussion. So please stay with us because information is constantly changing, and this information becomes more and more accurate. So what we need to do to be healthier, we've heard make sure you exercise. And you're saying the level of intensity is important. Do we know why? So uh, basically, you know, and high-intensity means that you are not able to have a conversation like this. Okay. You should be short of breath. <sighs> okay, yes. I'd be breathing, yeah, yeah. more heavily. Uh, mm-hmm. mo- mostly because, you know, you have to kind of work up, um, you have to use up the energy because a lot of times we are just, you know, our lifestyles are way different from maybe what you say 60 years ago. Right, we're much more ago. sedentary, right? People were mm-hmm. more active, there were less cars, you know, they were more on their feet doing stuff. Now lifestyles are more sedentary and diet has probably not changed as compared to lifestyle, the you know you're more sedentary, but you might be eating the same things. Mm, but that is still so, adding to our risk because yes, we're not absolutely. as physically active. So when we talk about that, Dr. Chohan was explaining right that there are some things we can control. And he mentioned we can control our high blood pressure. We can control our risk of diabetes. We can control those things, and physical activity plays a big role in that. So other components, too, mm-hmm. is at having less sodium in your diet is a critical factor, too, that can help you in lowering your can, blood isn't pressure. Isn't that tricky, though? Because it's not just the table salt that you're yeah, avoiding, that's right? that's true. What are some of the guidelines that you recommend when you say, okay, how do we know if we're cutting back sodium in our diet enough? Well, usually uh, patients, most of the time, the stroke guidelines kind of follow the hard guidelines. Absolutely. And it is like two, if somebody has heart disease or they have high blood pressure or stroke, they usually, the guideline is like two grams or less. Okay. You know, in, an, in a day. Yes. So That's a small amount. Yeah. Because, you know, if because people who have heart disease, if they eat sodium, it makes them retain water. That kind of adds to the uh, stress on the heart. And uh, it can increase your blood pressure as well. So it's it's the role that sodium plays mm-hmm. in water retention mm-hmm. that is why it's so critical for us to watch that. It's interesting because when, you know, my father was recovering from a stroke, and I'll, I'll say he constantly is, you know, mm-hmm. a number of years later, he had to become much more aware of what was written on the packaging when they went grocery shopping because salt kind of sneaks itself in, often like sugar does too, and things you wouldn't imagine that would have high 
you know, it just tastes good. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It just it does. tastes good. So yes. you kind of need to be proactive and taking a look at what you are eating to mm-hmm. know what the sodium content is or just stay away from packaged foods and and uh, and go with nature, right? Well, and I think mm-hmm. that's exactly it. It's funny that you use the word sneaky because we often refer to salt in the diet as sneaky as well. So we see that a lot where there is salt in the packaging of foods. And so you, you're you right. You have to start reading labels. We start need to really start paying attention to what is going into our system. For those who have just joined us, we have uh, Laura Western. She's the executive director with the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association. Also joining us is Dr. Nabil Chohan. He's a vascular neurology fellow at the University of Utah. And we're talking about Stroke Month, which is right now the month of May, what we need to know about it. I, I want to step back a bit because we we're paralleling uh, the risk of stroke and the risk of heart disease. And there's been a lot of, of um, proactive information saying, okay, for your heart disease risk, know your numbers. Are there things that we need to know? Are there are there things we can do? Go see a primary care physician mm-hmm. to find out if we are at risk of stroke. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. So yes. So uh, of these modifiable risk factors, the number one risk factor is high blood pressure. Okay. That's why it is recommended that you follow up with your primary care doctor and keep a close uh, check on your blood pressure, especially if there's a family history of blood pressure, a high blood pressure. Um, and, uh, you know, now it is recommended that blood pressure should be less than 120 over 180 uh, to prevent uh, uh, stroke. So that's a, a new recommendation? Yeah. Okay. So, and um, along with that, checking for diabetes, especially if you have a family history of diabetes, uh, checking cholesterol levels in the blood. Um, and uh, so of all of those are periodically checked, and, you know, if something comes back abnormal, treating that can prevent stroke. Can you also check the vascular health, the health of someone? You know, I, like, for example, I know my father might have had an EKG. I've had an EKG yeah. that's looking. Right. Can you test the freeway system of our body to see the, the overall condition of our vascular system? So unless there's, unless there's usually primary care physicians will not uh, check vasculature unless there's an indication. Okay. You know, if you have heart disease, they might do an ultrasound of your neck to look at your blood vessels in the neck to see if you have, you know. Or if you've had a stroke, then usually you'll get vasculature um, imaging, blood vessel imaging with an ultrasound of the neck or a CT scan looking at the blood vessels of the head or neck. Do we know, Laura, how prevalent stroke is in <clears throat> our community or society? Yeah, it's it's absolutely prevalent. And You know, one in three Americans actually have high blood pressure. And so when you think of that, so many people are at risk. And I think, um, you know, kind of as a secondary component we should talk about today is really when people look like they're having a stroke, you know, we use that acronym of FAST. And if you think someone is having a stroke, you know, get them to the hospital immediately. Call 911. It's you know, we see those symptoms. F stands for really the face is drooping. A, kind of the arm weakness that people have. Difficulty with speech. The S stands for speech. And then time. It's time to call 911. So if you see someone with those symptoms, don't hesitate. Time is of the essence. Faith. 
F-A-S-T. So the sign. So tell me, why are we seeing symptoms like that? What's happening in the face? What's happening in the speech to so, trigger that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with stroke, it affects certain areas of the brain. Okay. And um, due to the uh, area that is affected, you might get a facial droop on one side or the other. You can get uh, difficulty speaking, uh, weakness on one side or the other, or loss of sensation on one side or the other. Because each of those, the, the vascular system and the upper portion of it's our body... It's supplying areas of the brain which control different functions in your body. And that's why you're mentioning, Laura, the arm, because it would yes. also be yeah. indicating... Do we have different stroke sy- symptoms for men versus women, or are they fairly similar? No, they're similar. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if you see, like Laura was mentioning, if you see any of those symptoms... It is recommended that we call whoever is with the patient, call 911 as quickly as they can or uh, and try to get them to the hospital because, you know, the treatment of stroke depends on the time. Uh, there's a time window in which you can do the acute treatment. And, so. and that's something that we've learned more recently, isn't it? That that the the more immediate the treatment, the the greater the likelihood of a fuller recovery. Yes. That's absolutely true. It's three times more likely to recover recover without disability if you can treat them with TPA within that ninety minute window. So it's critical that when someone looks like they're having a stroke, you know, I wouldn't even question it. I would call nine one one and let someone that is a medical <coughs> professional assess you. I'm glad you mentioned that because there's often that tendency to have self-doubt and right. think, well, maybe I'll just drive him or her to the hospital or maybe I'll drive myself. And the the quicker you can call 911, the quicker the urgent care can arrive at your doorstep, yes. right? Yes, because TPA, which is basically a clot-busting medication, the window for it uh, based on clinical trials is 90 minutes. Uh, and in some cases, a little bit more than that. But the, like the upper limit is four and a half hours. After that, the risk of uh, bleeding is a little higher. So it is, you know, so that's the time window. After that, we don't usually give it. So that is a medication you refer to. It, it's TPA. TPA or okay. a clot buster, just to be kind of, you know, in 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 easy terms, it's a clot busting medication, which okay. lyses, which breaks down the clot. So that's one of the of the ways that we can yeah. treat a stroke as the symptoms yes. are showing. What is a stent? Because that's another way we can treat a stroke. So mm-hmm. uh, in recent trials, up uh, in especially in 2015, they did these big trials where they showed that if you had a blood clot, which was in one of the large blood vessels in your uh, brain, uh, along with TPA or with or without TPA, if for some reason somebody cannot get the clot buster, you know, mm-hmm. then even then we consider them for this stent uh, retrieval of the blood clot, meaning we, they use the stent to remove the blood clot from the brain. Uh, based on these trials, the time window that uh, is six hours. So from the onset of symptoms up until six hours, uh, uh, we do thrombectomies. That's what we call it. You go into the brain and you use the stent to pull out the blood clot. But uh, now there are trials going on, and we are, as University of Utah, is part of a trial called Diffuse 3, where uh, that time, where we're kind of stretching that time window up mm-hmm. to 16 hours. Wow. Because many a times, stroke patients uh, wake up with the symptoms. They went to bed at, um, you know, at 9 or 10 at night, and they were fine, and they wake up at like 
for, for six or so seven. So the little ninety minute window has gone. passed. It has okay. Passed. So there was, uh, you know, if you take it in context, twenty five years ago, if you had a stroke, there was not much you could do. Right. You would just be in the hospital and just managing blood pressure and diabetes and just and still be hoping. at risk for further strokes down yes, the road. Yes, right. and just kind of mm-hmm. hoping. And I think aspirin was the main thing that people did. Then DPA, the clot buster, came along, which uh, you know, which uh, made acute stroke care uh, very important. That time window of the first four, four and a half hours important, and it showed benefit. And now with the trials for throm- for the stents showed that in six up, up, up to six hours, you could go in, take out the blood clots, and uh, literally I have seen in my training patients coming in, not being able to speak, not moving their right side of their body. Within minutes of taking out the blood clot, they start speaking a little, start moving that side. Which is extraordinary. Before we started our interview, you mentioned that there have been some uh, amazing uh for progress, there's been some aging progress. Is that what you're so referring the, to? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the diffuse three trial is the trial where, because patients who were outside the six hour window, basically there was nothing that we could offer them. Right. But now with this trial, and it's a, a multi center trial going on in around the country, uh, where you know they're looking to see for these patients who are outside the six hour window, whether doing this uh, uh, the thrombectomy the clot removal with the stent, whether that's uh, beneficial versus just medical treatment, which we already do for them. It's interesting that you would share that. And and, and I, I think it's important for me to step back for just a bit context-wise because we, we look at the work of the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and this type of research that you are supporting and promoting is what helps save lives. So you've got the researchers and the and the physicians and the surgeons all actively trying to develop new treatments. And, and then you've got its partner, the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, saying we need more. Yeah, we need to absolutely. continue this in order to save more lives. Absolutely. It's it's interesting that we've hit, you know, launched into this comp- part of the conversation because I actually had lunch with a stroke patient less than a week ago. And same experience. He actually had the stent process where they removed the clot. And outside of him telling you that he had had a stroke, you really wouldn't even know it. His recovery, I mean, is is amazing. In my lifetime, if someone had a stroke, you would most likely see that paralysis yeah, uh, throughout absolutely. their life from that for, that point forward. I didn't ask about age as a factor in stroke mm-hmm. risk. Is is it similar to heart where the older we are, the, the higher the risk of, of stroke as well? Yes. So okay. age is a non-modifiable risk factor. Um, you know, so the older you are, especially, we just need to become more aware. Yes, especially more than eighty years, eighty or more than eighty years old, then the risk of stroke is higher. Okay, so we're going to keep a monitoring eye on our blood pressure. If we have yep. high blood pressure, we know it, we're at a much higher risk of a stroke. We're going to watch for those symptoms. You said F A S T for the facial uh, drooping, arm. arm speech, and then time to call 911. The time factor is critical. Don't second guess yourself. If you're seeing those symptoms, call 911. And why that is important is because uh, there was a paper actually published in the Stroke Journal called Time is Brain, where they they reported that in like around one minute, you lose 1.9 million neurons in the brain. 
with this. With so the, when they say every second counts, yes. it's, it, it literally counts to the millionth. For those who've just joined us, that is Dr. Nabil Chohan. He's a vascular neurology fellow at the University of Utah, obviously involved in ongoing research in trying to help us uh, re- uh, how shall I say this, heal more readily and efficiently and effectively after stroke as well. Laura Western is with us. She's the executive director with the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. There is an event that is coming out called Striking Out Stroke. Can you tell us about that, Laura? Yeah, we started this a few years ago, and we've actually moved locations this year. We're going to be near Gallivan Plaza on May 18th from 1130 to 130. And really what we're trying to do is draw attention around the acronym FAST. We want to educate people and engage with the public and answer questions that they may have. So we partner around together to end stroke, our initiative around stroke as an organization with University of Utah Healthcare. And so we're so proud and honored to to go out into the community and serve our public and really have conversations with folks in our community that may have questions about stroke, give them some education, have a, an opportunity to talk about our brain health and really get out in that community. So we invite everybody to come out and join us on that day. May 18th, and you said it's during the lunch hour, a little before, so 1130 to 130, the Gallivan Plaza in downtown Salt Lake. Yep, that's and, exactly And so we'll tell be. me about the fast pitching net, because I used to be a pitcher in softball. So, <laughs> so you're just making the parallel between a fast pitch and a fast response at recognizing the symptoms. That's exactly what okay. we're doing. So it's just a chance really to engage. We have a... a fun little baseball net that people throw a fastball into and we have that printed with the acronym so that people will really think about the time and and how it is of the essence in particular regarding brain health okay and uh, there'll be free snacks Free snacks and healthy snacks. <laughs> I just want to say that, knowing so. people like I do if you say snacks playing games and information for your health, it starts to sound like a triple play, right? Yeah, I was going to say, and that, that usually drives people to come out and play with us. So we love that. And Rebecca, you mentioned uh, high blood pressure. Along with high blood pressure, diabetes and cholesterol. Those are other important things. To be aware of. To be aware of. And, and you know, that's why you need to have regular checkups with your primary care physician. So diabetes, whether you're at risk or whether you have diabetes. You know, because okay. if, especially if people have strong family history, then they are at risk of having mm-hmm. diabetes. And we have more of us being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes yes. because of our Absolutely. lifestyle changes. Yes. And so, I love that research is saying we can reverse that too. Yes. There's there's hope in that, but we have to be aware of our sugar levels. And other things mm-hmm. uh, which help with, with visiting the primary care physician is uh, as the older uh, population is more prone to have abnormal heart rhythms, called atrial fibrillation, Mm -hmm. and they uh, predispose you to having strokes. It increases your risk of having strokes. So people who have abnormal heart rhythm are at an increased risk of stroke and then also may need different treatment from just aspirin. They need blood thinners like Coumadin or Warfarin. You know, you might have heard of them. So those are blood thinning medications. And you mentioned earlier, used to be that if someone had had a stroke or high risk of stroke, they'd say have a baby aspirin. That in itself is a little bit of a blood thinner. You're mentioning the, the big guns, right? But yes. baby aspirin, is that still recommended? Yes, it okay. is. If you, if you just have a stroke because of hardening of the blood vessels, cholesterol buildup in the blood vessels, then aspirin is what we treat patients with. Uh, although now sometimes we do two medications together for at least three months in patients who have a lot of cholesterol buildup in their blood vessels in the brain, in the head, uh, aspirin and Plavix. 
And it's rare for most of us to have the ability to have a conversation with a vascular neurology fellow. And, yeah. and, and to ask these questions. And often we're with our primary care physician. There's a lot of things happening. And, and that's why this events like your striking out stroke is so helpful because you can pause for a minute and say, I'm just going to focus for a lunch period on my heart health, on my vascular health, and determine and learn more about my risk factors. And then take that with me also to my primary care physician and, and start analyzing my risk factors. But do we have a web page that we can... Uh, have people go to to get more information about strokes, its symptoms, its prevention, and its treatment? Yes, absolutely. They can go to strokeassociation.org and then slash stroke month. You can get a lot of information regarding stroke and how to manage your health around your, your brain health as well from that side. And so we would love for people to look at that. And then if they have questions or have things that they need specific help around please call the American Heart, American Stroke Association, and we can direct you at least to the information if you're unable to access it in in other ways. Right. It it can be daunting, and it's interesting because sometimes when people hear about risk, uh, we want to avoid that conversation Mm -hmm. and kind of step away from it. But from your experience as a fellow in vascular neurology, there's an awful lot we can do to intervene when our risks are high, to be able to help prevent stroke and to heal from it if yes, it comes our is, way. Yes, that is true. Uh, and another thing, uh, based um, talking about the fa- be fast uh, uh, thing that Laura mm-hmm. was mentioning was that in young people now we see strokes in young people too. Thirty four percent of strokes are seen people less than sixty five years of age. Wow! So if you see somebody who has symptoms which look like they could be having a stroke. Don't assume because they're young. Yeah, just because they're young, don't assume that, oh, there's nothing wrong. I think it's still safer to call 911 and have them assessed uh, by uh, by the physician. That comes right to their, and then begin that urgent care treatment as quickly as we can as you are moved into an emergency room. Dr. Nabil Chohan, Vascular Neurology Fellow at the University of Utah, thank you so much for joining us Thank you for today having me. And helping to raise awareness and information and education. Also, Laura Western, our Executive Director with the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, you said if people have more questions about this event in May or in general about their heart or vascular health, they can call the American Heart Association. You bet. And where would we find the phone number? Or do you the have phone that? number is 801-702-4426, and we would love for them to call us and get more information if they need that. 702? So 801-702-4426 or 4428. We okay. would love to have them. All right. Thank you so much Thank for you, joining Rebecca. us. And again, more information. It's the strokeassociation.org slash stroke month. And thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank you. Thank you.